Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling snow. Most likely. Well, at least upcoming. This is the growing season right here on News Talks. Like at 960 AM, I'm Matt McFarland. Pleased to be joined, as usual, by Mom and Dad, as they are listed on the Saga 960 website. Mom and Dad, pleasure to meet you. Wonderful that it's on your birth certificate. Guys, how are you? Matthew, after everything that we've been going through lately, fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, too. Awesome. We have been so busy. In fact, December seems to be the month of guests. This is absolutely nuts, right? Allison Johnston of the SpiceTrader.ca joins us. She's a wonderful chat. And actually, she's going to dominate the majority of today's show simply because she is such a wonderful chat and she's so affable. And we're going to be chatting about Christmas spices, the spices that basically are prominent or associated with the Christmas season. So you're going to be getting into frankincense and myrrh. What the heck are these things? And then we get into nutmeg and all kinds of sting, all kinds of stings, all kinds of things. And the conversation, (laughs) yes, yes. And the conversation winds its way through COVID, through what happened in 2020. For our audience that doesn't know, Allison and her husband own a small boutique bespoke spice shop in Toronto. It's wonderful. And uh, we learn about how COVID affected that line of business and what they've done to help offset all of COVID's effects, as well as how are they dealing with sanitization when you're dealing with grinding up spices. As well, we're going to be getting into Christmas Visitors Part 2. This is the sequel to last year's show. We're going to be talking about nuts. Lots and lots of nuts. Actually, well, one in particular. And poinsettia and all that stuff. Many of the things that you will associate with the Christmas season, we are going to be chatting about Okay, because we've talked about Christmas trees already. This is all the ancillary stuff. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. Christmas visitors, as well as Allison Johnson of the Spice Trader. Lock us in. And we're back. Guys, I got to say, when we have a guest on, it's wonderful because the level of research, the level of information that we have to digest drops by... (laughs) Like 50% or more. Now, with a person like Allison, for our audience that doesn't know, there are certain guests where you can do as much preparing and as much research as you want, but you're never quite sure what the guest is going to throw at you. And Allison is one of those people where you just, you're never quite sure what you're getting, right? You know, a lot of times what happens is that you generally, some people don't realize they're doing it. They, they, they seem to not give you any place to put a question. Yeah. And that makes it more difficult than ever. Yeah, and Allison is, she's also too, there are guests that just don't give you anything where you throw a question out there and you get a yes or no answer. And we've had that. We've had interviews that we haven't aired because it's just simply, we just cannot. We just cannot subject the audience to that. Pretty dry. Pretty yeah. dry. Allison is the exact Far. opposite of that. Mom, this, is, this was your first time chatting with her. Thoughts? She's a lovely person to chat to. Yeah. She's so friendly, so affable. She's great. You guys are in for a real treat. Okay, so we have to get to getting because we have a very short segment on the on the one side here, on side one of the program, and then when we come back from commercial break, it's a whole lot of Allison, and you're going to love, love, love hearing from her. Guys, starting off with... Poinsettias again, poinsettias. just for a bit. Now, is it poinsettia or is it poinsettia? Both ways, I think. All right, tomato, tomato. John Tavares, John Tavares. Okay. Yeah. So, Matthew. Yes. How do you get a poinsettia to change colors? You put it outside in the sun and don't give it sunscreen. No. Yes. Mom, any idea? It's photoperiodism. Whoa. And okay. you know what? <laughs> I do my reading. Okay. So, Matt, it's based <laughs> for assigned reading. Lynn, this is your assigned weekly reading. Go know ahead. this. Know this. But, Matt, it's to do with uh, the plants and seasonal change in day, of, you know, day and night length. Okay? Yep. That's a hard one to say. Yep. So, Matt, we mess around with their... They're a photo cycle. So they're, are you they're length that, of day. That you are that you are adulterous? That you're messing around? No, I'm not. <laughs> With a poinsettia? <laughs> With a poinsettia. Okay, anyway. So Matt, would you say this fall was on the on the dull side? Yes. So they would actually have to add more light, not take away light. Give me an interesting little background here. I sold Christmas trees at Sant's Cold Creek Nursery in the Bolton area for years. Charlie Sant, he would bring the poinsettias in unchanged like the color hadn't been affected yet he had a greenhouse all set up that would that would be help change the color yeah help change the color Either or screens or anything like that uh yeah just like lights on timers 
and uh, he would then take same idea as marijuana. Almost, I think so. Yeah, I, not that I know much about growing weed, but and then the greenhouse was it was was that is it like it's tarped over with like a black tarp or whatever, so yeah. that when it is night, it is night, and you it give is. them color when they need. So sorry, you, they'll get their color when you you play around with their their photo period. Yeah, and he would. Or he'd bring them in where they weren't fully changed yet. So he could really affect how you, like these things would come in kind of red. And then by the time he was done with them, they were explosion, like fire engine red. Matt, I have a question. Yeah. Were there ever any poinsettias in that setting that did not change even with the photoperiodism and everything else? They just didn't? The answer to that question could be a yes. I don't know. I was in Christmas trees. Yeah. So I was always outside in the greenhouse area selling Christmas trees. But I remember walking into the, the, the poinsettia greenhouse and you're like, damn, this thing is, it looked like the cockpit of a 747, all kinds of lights, different timers and this and that. It was very, very involved. So what's your favorite color poinsettia? Uh, You know what? I'm to me, honestly, legitimately, I'm boring. I like the straight up fire engine red. Matt, you know, I, I agree. I like red as well. Yeah. And uh, I know that there's all sorts of geneticists out there these days that are, are working on new colors and so forth that are going to be coming out in future years, like Lazari out of California, for instance. And so, anyways, Matt, I, I don't really like the spotted ones or no. I don't like, I just like the straight up yeah. red. Yeah. I, you know what, too, is like, it's the same as, okay, when you think about hydrangea, what color do you think about? Pink. You do? Yeah, I'd always do. Yeah. Okay, I think of white. That's, I think of blue. Okay, so for me, there's, there's. Okay, let's go off of the horticulture. Ferrari. What color? Red. Yeah, it's red. If you Corvette. Get a, red. Red. Absolutely. In my opinion, if you get a Ferrari that's yellow, you've missed it. Have you ever seen it? All, all kinds are absolutely nuts. The Lamborghinis are really getting into some weird colors. They have creamsicle orange is a big one now, and then lime green. But the point is that for me, when it comes to poinsettia, for me, it's got to be red. Like that's just the that's the color that I go to. Matt, we can't hang out in the, on poinsettias okay. for too long, but, but Matt, uh, people who are worried about their little ones getting in and eating the leaves from your poinsettia plants in yeah. the wintertime, should they be concerned? No. Why? Because it's, that's, a, that's an old wives' tale that you, you eat a single leaf and, and your kid will die. No. From what I was doing my research, Matt, I found out that you would actually have to eat about one and a quarter pounds of leaves. Yeah. Or five or six hundred. Yeah. And then they said that you might be mildly toxic from it. Okay. There might be a little bit of toxicity, but they said that for the most part, they, they use that, that little test. Okay. You take the leaf, you put it on the back of your, the skin on your hand or so forth. And if it, if the, uh, a rash or something shows up, okay, my, my misprint on the one from an earlier show was four days, but it's usually four hours. Right. Then there's some, con- sorry, bleh, some concern there. Yeah. And again, it, Especially with a child, their taste buds are attenuated or tuned to sweet. They're not going to get beyond one bite of a poinsettia leaf before they're like, you know what? I can't eat this. This is horrendous. No, no, no. But you know, Matt, that was one of the things they actually said. They said that they couldn't get anybody who could get past a leaf or two before they said, enough is enough. I don't want to eat these things. That's it. But Matt, if you're you're having your poinsettia in in your home for Christmas... What is the one thing that you should keep an eye on when you have it in your home? How close it is to a lamp or a, or some sort of like ambient light, right? That's good. Mom, yep. anything else? Drafts. They really do not like yeah, drafts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tropical. So even if you have a nightlight going. It'll okay, affect it. It will affect the actual color of your poinsettia yeah. over the holiday season. It will actually wash out the color. And that wow. is another thing. So they said if you do have a nightlight on, toss over you know either a... A small, you know, it could be a a towel or something else, piece of, of clothing or over any, the poinsettia? anything. They okay. said that doesn't gonna, matter what gonna, it is. You're going to knock all the leaves off. No, then put it in a closet. It was another option. They yeah. said, okay. Yeah. So if it was it's actually be, more like to keep the color. It's 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 a present that's kind of involved. It is. Like, you know what I'm saying? This isn't like a this isn't like a whatever where you just. It isn't like a uh, a bouquet of flowers where you just put it on your table. No. This thing takes a little bit of work to, to sure. keep that color. What it's how it's supposed to be, but it likes water, but not too much water. All right, moving on, quick, 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 quick. So, yeah. anyways, Matt, today we're you know what we're doing is kind of a mixed bag. So let's yep. go directly to nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's talk Brazil nuts. Okay. So what is uh sorry? What are most nuts, Matthew? 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> what are they considered? A party? No. <laughs> no what are they considered? They are considered dry droops. They're dry droop. <laughs> oh, my God, Jody. I'm so sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes, okay. Drooping nuts. Okay. Off you go. <laughs> okay, so basically, a, <laughs> I can't even go there. Okay. Kind of has a skin on the outside, yeah, grubby, yeah. hard hard shell, yeah. seed within. Okay, oh, that's a... Not, come on. <laughs> this is like you're not helping at all. No, you're I'm making, making, your... making okay. it absolutely worse. Yeah. But Matthew, so why were there not a lot of nuts? Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts. Yeah. Around here for Christmas for the last number of years. Wasn't there some sort of a Brazil nut blight or there was a fungus or something? Nope. Mom? Back in 2016 and 2017, there was is it an El Nino? El Nino, was, was it? El Nino. And there was a drought in South America where the Brazil nuts go, I guess in Brazil. So they didn't get enough water. So what happened was the nuts formed on the tree, but they fell off prematurely. So they hit the ground and they weren't ripe. And thanks to Chris Sinclair, who joined us on a previous show, for him telling us, because we are set up for a La, a La Nina. That's which right. means warmer temperature slightly, but more precipitation. So is that going to affect the amount of Brazil nuts I don't, being ready for Christmas? Good question. But they said you know what it's not going to be good for is is the spruces. That's true. Because they don't want to be wet. No. Right? But they said that only about 20% got to market, Matthew. Because of the drought. Because of the drought and down in the rainforest areas. And they said that Brazil nuts, for the most part, are high in what, Lynn? They're high in radium. And so how many nuts would you have to eat... Okay, this is going in the wrong direction again. But how many nuts would you have to eat before it would affect you? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I read... Different area, Matthew. I I thought I read 50. 50. 50 nuts. But you would have to eat (laughs) a lot of nuts in order to... (laughs) I don't know. It's really hard to take. Oh, no, that's not it either. It's not good at all. No, but Matthew, they said that it was... uh, with the, uh, mm-hmm. the because of climate change, the problem is going to be more exacerbated. What's the word I'm looking for? Exasperated. Exacerbated. In the, fu- in the future. Yeah. But Matt, they say that for the most part, nuts are, <laughs> are all come down to the hardness of the shell. They said the hardest nut to, to crack yeah. is what, Lenny? Macadamia nuts. And oh, so how many pounds of pressure would it take to crack a macadamia nut? I think nut? about 300 pounds of pressure to crack the nut. What? It's almost impossible, Matt. Most people, I don't care how strong your hands are with the nutcracker. 300 pounds of pressure. Yeah. There's a, there's a YouTube channel. Have you seen this? Per inch, Matthew. Per, per inch. inch. Yes. Wow. There's a there's a YouTube channel. Basically, I think it's called, uh, it's called Hydraulic Press or something. And they literally take a hydraulic press and they just crush things. Yeah. It's actually mm. fascinating. Like you watch a whatever, a can of... Shaving cream get crushed. Oh yeah, it's 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 super cool. So then, I don't think may, very many people are actually physically seeing the macadamia nut arrive from where, Lynn? They come from Australia originally, and then there was one tree that was taken from Australia and taken to Hawaii, and they've cloned all the trees from that tree. Do you remember, like like one so tree down that Hawaii. apple tree that died this summer, Matthew, down yeah. in uh, Washington, State. Washington State? Yeah. Yes. And so these trees are basically all the ones in Hawaii are all from a single tree. They took cuttings from that tree, and that's where the, all the macadamia nuts in Hawaii come from. Really? Yeah. Okay, because for us here in Canada, like that, Dad's a big fan of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Christmas, the Christmas season for us was always there was there would be bowls of bowls of nuts. And but we rarely had a macadamia nut in the house. No, like, and again, I don't think that I had macadamia nuts because. You put them on in baking a lot as well. Yeah. And we didn't really ever experience that either. I don't think that I had a macadamia nut until in my late teens. They're no. very expensive. So they say that you rarely would ever see them uh, in, you know, come in the stores that with uh, with um, nut-free. Or sorry, not nut-free, shell-free. <laughs> These are okay. nut-free macadamia nuts. So they're macadamia nuts. They're just air. Yeah. yeah it's just air. It's, yeah, it's yeah. scented. Scented air. Okay. We got about uh, like three minutes. Three minutes. And so, then, Mom, and, let's, and ch- we gotta jump. let's go to gingerbread. Okay. Yeah, gingerbread's got a really interesting story. I didn't know anything about this. I grew up with, a, a, my mom always made gingerbread absolutely delicious, but gingerbread had its start in Greece, 2400 BC. Greece? Yeah, Greece. Well, remember, ginger's from the Middle East. Okay, because that's Asia. the last place that I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. 
And then it moved on to um, the Middle Ages through the Crusades. The Crusaders in the 11th century brought ginger back with them. And the cooks for all the lords and ladies and that, they, they got the aristocratic cooks, they got to use gingerbread or ginger, sorry. And the first gingerbread that was made was, it was kind of like a paste. It had uh, ground almonds in it, breadcrumbs, rose water, oh my ginger. Sounds and it awful. Was, and honey for sweetening. Okay, thank God. Something and down. it was pressed into wooden molds. And it, ginger uh, gingerbread has this, it's considered sacred. And warriors in the Middle Ages Europe would wear gingerbread around their necks because it was considered a talisman. It kept away evil spirits. So you could only have gingerbread. You could only make gingerbread at Christmas and Easter. It was that sacred. So then what, what about, yeah. Wow. No, pretty cool, Matt. But what about the gingerbread houses? Where do they come from? Germany. In the 16th century. That makes sense. Amen. Germany. So inside the gingerbread house that they'd make would be a little tree that they'd have candles on. So that's why they were having gingerbread houses burned down all the time. <laughs> 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 and gingerbread houses didn't become popular in North America, even though German settlers brought the custom with them in the 1700s until um, Hansel and Gretel was written by the Brothers Grimm. Because remember, Hansel and Gretel right. go into the yeah. woods. And so they the gingerbread house became popular because of the fairy tale. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Matt, what, what about you? Do you like them iced? Like the gingerbread men iced. or the ginger, like eating the, the actual... I know that when the gingerbread houses, they're, they're meant for decoration, so they really do them up a lot. You can eat lot. them, they're good. But you like them with all the icing and even yeah, the gingerbread? I you know what? I th- I, like, okay, I like them iced, but I don't like them over-iced. Like when you're a kid, it's it's just all about just slathering I the thing full them. of the icing, right? But yeah, so but I, I like them. Uh, we the, the only problem that I find with the gingerbread is just... It's like if it's like the longer that it sits... It's the, dry. It gets Harder really hard, too. right? You just break your teeth on these things. Boy, top and, to bottom, this show's all about hard. Isn't it? <laughs> and, and ginger, oh my God, this is so weird. This is, unfortunately, this is our final episode. Yeah. <laughs> and gingerbread men are from England. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Unfortunately, we, we have to jump. Okay? On the other side, Alison Johnston, speaking of spices and ginger, Alison Johnston of the Spice Trader, visit thespicetrader.ca, joins us, chatting about a cacophony of things Cacophony. What's that mean, Matthew? Just a lot of various things, okay? And so why don't you say that? She's gonna join us, chat about everything spice related for Christmas, and we get into COVID, we get into how COVID affected her wonderful spice shop. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt. On the other side, Allison Johnston from the Spice Trader. Stay with us. Guys, I have to say, unequivocally, one of the most wonderful voices I have ever come across <laughs> has to belong to Allison Johnston. Visit the Spice Trader, the spicetrader.com. Uh, nope, .ca, .ca. .ca. And you know what? I have it up in front of me, and it's just because just I'm blind. an idiot is what it is. <laughs> Let me try. Okay, the spicetrader.ca, and it's fantastic. But... That's besides the point. The The point here is that Alison Johnston joins us and her voice is a beam of light from the heavens. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. She's no almost pressure. afraid to talk. She's like, I'm going to be quiet for exactly. 24 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Allison, we haven't talked yes. in basically about a year. How are things? Well, as I was saying earlier, I, I've just I now start saying things like, to just to say things are good seems ridiculous with what's going on, especially here in Toronto. So we just say it's COVID good. Yeah. Everyone's healthy. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm trying to kind of move forward without being too anxious about what's going to happen and just sort of, you know, do what's, what's in front of you every day. Yeah. It's the only thing we can do at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because uh, thoughts when it comes to COVID thoughts turn to businesses like yours because mm-hmm. with all of these various lockdowns and whatever, and I just kept thinking to myself, you know, how are people like Allison dealing with this? And so I guess that, that basically leads to the question, how is the uh, spice trader doing? 
We are actually doing very, very well. We've we've been in business 15 years and we have just some amazing customers who have been incredibly supportive, um, which has been great. And we've also, because people have been home and cooking more, I think we've also uh, got a bunch of new customers, which has been really fun to sort of find people have been finding us. And um and so it's been it's been a really interesting experience and we have such a great little community down on Queen Street. They're all independent businesses and everyone's still there. So not you know, so we consider ourselves incredibly blessed right and, now. And it's interesting because in our line of work, Allison, we we I would have thought that COVID would have killed the landscape construction side of things. And it turned out mm-hmm. what happened is that everybody that was pouring money into vacations or going to pour money in, into vacations or into cruises or whatever it is, decided that that money is best allocated into landscaping and pools. And so, 100%. And, and so our business this year boomed. It was absolutely nuts. And it sounds like with yours, like if I had said to you, hey, by the way, Allison, like, okay, so we talked to you in January. So, hey, Allison, three months from now, there's going to be a pandemic. And what's (laughs) going to happen is your business is going to do great because everybody is at home and they're cooking with bespoke Mm -hmm. boutique spices. You're going to be like, you are on recreational narcotics. What are you talking about? Right? Well, you know, I think it's, it's, we didn't expect, we really didn't expect for things to get busy and now, but the, the issue I think is so nice. I also think people are really into supporting Canadian business. You know, I feel like people are really starting to understand that it's, if you want to have the, the fun little stores that right now you really have to support them. And I think we're also seeing that piece as well. Um, which is great. And we've actually started to find more Canadian vendors. I've started to look to import, like I brought some beautiful pewter dishes from Nova Scotia. We found from uh, Salt Spring Island. We have salt from uh, Nova Scotia as well. So we're really starting to look at other small businesses and trying to bring them into our store so that we, we're passing on that kind of same spirit of let's just support each other. And I think that's, you can really feel it, I think. And that's a that's a wonderful thing because every day in the news you hear, okay, this is now closed, that's closed, this is yeah. closed, right? Especially too, like having been in music for years and you just keep seeing the number of music venues that are now closing down that you're just like, oh man, Crocodile Rock's gone now and all of this stuff. And it just it's it's kind of frightening. I don't think I don't think anyone and we don't know how long it's gonna go on for. Like the landscape is gonna be incredibly different when we I don't know if we call it wake up from this or when this actually gets back to some kind of normal. Um, who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like? Dad? But you know, Allison, I, I, what Jacques. I really... Jacques here. Jacques? Bonjour, Jacques. How are you doing? Okay, anyway. It's not French. It's I don't Jacques. care about Jacques, you should be saying, comment ça va. It's comment ça va. Comment ça va. I did? Okay. Okay. Très bien. Fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. Good for you. That's about the extent of my French. Nice to know. Okay. Anyways, move along. No, what I can't stand is all these naysayers out there right now saying that Ooh. COVID Ooh. does not exist. Okay, like we have had, I just, we had recently a, a, a niece of mine, 44 years old, die from COVID complications. Oh my goodness. And we also I'm have, so sorry. and yeah. a sister just about the last three or four days has been diagnosed with it. And so she's also gone into isolation and she has COVID. So it really bugs you when you hear these people saying, Oh, it's just all you know—an elaborate hoax put on the all the all the people of the world kind of thing. We also don't know Allison's stance on this, by the way. So, oh, you <laughs> yes, do. Jacques. Oh, trust me. Oh, listen, Jacques. I'm I'm fully. I, <laughs> I love it. By the way, it's so good. <laughs> we're very. Uh, I've had. I've actually had people come into. The, I mean, we actually shut down as soon as as soon as they started talking about it. We shut down before we were asked to, in order to keep our staff safe, ourselves, and just to kind of encourage people to stay home instead of creating more spaces for people to get out. And we've, that's sort of been how we've, we've done things. I think that's the most important thing. I, I have actually had, most of our customers are very respectful. They wear masks. We have cleaner right there. Like we're, we're really trying to keep a safe space. We have cleaning protocols um, that we do at the beginning and the end of the day. And I've actually had someone come into the store and, and this is the piece, walk into the store you know, with no mask. And I heard uh, my staff woman, Maria, say, I'm so sorry. Could you just wash your hands and you need to wear a mask? And he said, I'm exempt. And I came flying out from the back and I said, you're exempt. But it's like, if you were really exempt, you still stay six feet away from people if you're not wearing a mask. Whereas this gentleman was just 
in brazenly your face. walking in and I said, well, I need, I need a piece of ID and I need your doctor's note that says that you're exempt because we need to keep track, uh, you know, in order to give it to the city. And he said, he said, well, I don't think that's how it works. And I said, yes, that's absolutely how it works. And he was completely taken aback because, of course, he didn't have an exemption. He was just, I don't, I, the, the people you describe, like, I don't understand why people are not keeping everyone safe if you can, you know? Yeah, he was it's, just being a poopy head, Allison. A big time poopy a, head. Right? Well, that's a much kinder word than the one that I was saying. With an idea on the end of it. Yes, Allison uh, Johnson joins us from the spicetrader.ca. Look at that. Well done. That's fantastic. So my next question would be is that, so with the, yes. with the nature of your business, Mm-hmm. Then, because you said that, I remember uh, on our previous chat, you said like your husband hand ground some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you like? Is there extra safety protocols necessary now that this is a because this is a very tactile thing? Like you're you're handling these spices, right? Well, you know, anybody who's worked in food, uh, whether it's this or the flu or anything, you have to be sanitary and right. safe. Like you gotcha. can't. You know what I mean? You, it, it, you know, at any time, if you have anything, you have to be very aware of preparing any food that people are going to consume. Um, dry goods are not really, it's not meat, it's not dairy. Like there's, you know, it's not quite as dangerous as other things in terms of being, um, carrying different diseases. But we've always had safety protocols. And now we just, we wear masks and we're just a little bit more conscious ourselves just about it's more just the other people and touching things and receiving things and every time more information comes out we realize that it's it's passed so specifically do you know what i mean yeah it's not uh it's not really your grocery bag that you have to worry about as much um but but and you know canada post was sanitizing everything at one point which is why it was taking so long in the spring really would all go to mississauga Mm -hmm. well we found yeah, they were really being really cautious and careful. And now there's more. I don't know if they, they possibly are still doing that. But there's more information about that. That really isn't where you're worried so much. You know, now that we see, you know, that it's really passed by droplets and trying to keep airflow and people really wearing masks and all the different things that people are trying to do. Wonderful. Mom? So we're very, we're very cautious about it, obviously. Okay, so then, all right. Christmas season's coming and we yeah. thought of no better person to have on. In the yes. chat about, I know. Well, it was just an excuse. We're like, marvelous. Marvelous, <laughs> yes. Um, and so we thought to ourselves, nothing says Christmas like there's a certain series of spices. Absolutely. Okay. And by the way, that was that was alliteration, guys. A certain series of spices. Nobody caught that? I caught it. You know what? Not only that. That was a very big word you used. And it was also boring, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay. So, fine. You, you poops. Um, there's certain series of spices that that we would pull out for this time of the year. Now we've mm-hmm. talked about cinnamon on a previous show, but yeah, okay, we did. Okay, Allison, what the heck is frankincense? What is this? Frankincense is a resin, actually. All right. Both frankincense and myrrh. Meh. They're more. Um, <laughs> meh. A friend of mine had a dog named Murmur, and every time I say myrrh, I just anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's they're both resins that are used more for incense. Okay. You know, the, if you're talking about the traditional frankincense and myrrh, <laughs> no. that's what they were used for. They're not really, I mean, they, myrrh, myrrh more than frankincense is considered, I know, a, um, a painkiller as well. And it's sometimes used in wine. Isn't that also a sweetening agent? A sweetening agent? Myrrh yeah. or frankincense? No, myrrh. I, meh. I don't. Uh. Uh, <laughs> we should do like a little ding every time yeah. she says it. Here it is again. <laughs> Certain yeah. words are just fun to say. Yeah. Um, that one, it, it's more, uh, I don't know if it, well, I guess a sweetening, it has, um, what was the, it has a flavor. What did they describe it as? I'm totally losing my train of thought. But Totally it awful. It's not sweet. It's not, <laughs> it's not, they would use it in contrast, which makes sense actually, in wine, like in things that were sour to balance it. So it would make sense that it Salads? would be a, a sweetener. They put it on no. salad? No. In sure? wine. Why? Oh, you're I'm very a, confused. What are you saying? No, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm looking so, at the word right here. What it says salad. <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is that are you suggesting that the three wise men brought baby Jesus like painkillers? No. <laughs> well, well, actually, they were used. A lot of them were very. It's 
a lot of them were used to anoint. Like it was a very, it was like a blessing. So they were okay. used to make incest for anointing. And I believe that, I mean, I cannot speak for the wise men, but <laughs> I believe that they brought them probably in that sort of for that reason, not really as food, like gold, you can't eat that. Right. Right. I think it's more just, we're bringing you the best things that we have to kind of as a blessing rather Frank than really. Allison, weren't frankincense and myrrh also used in embalming processes back in those times? Yes, they yes they were. Thank you. Yes, they were. They were used as well. And salads. <laughs> was it leprosy? They would, eat, they would eat anything at that point. It was great yeah. for what they use it for leprosy and uh, back spasms and syphilis as well along the way. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah, I'm dead serious. You're not hey, talking they, about Okay, first of all, can I just be honest? It didn't say it worked. They just said they used it for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just putting that out there. By the way, you see, you still have syphilis. It no, isn't working. No, it's not working. <laughs> okay. But they were also so prized. They were worth more than gold. Yes. Yeah, they were very the Well, anything, if you think about a resin, um, I mean, the to get a resin is not as easy as to cultivate a plant, right? It's not. Uh, no, I have to cut the bark even, and everything to get it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not. It's not a. Yeah. So I think it was also probably the process was probably not quite as easy to get it. Well, they said that in the near future, not that many years, they said that basically frankincense and myrrh will be a thing of the past because there's the trees are basically being tapped all the time, and they're they're not going to be around because they're being used in such great numbers. And and now they're still using them for incense primarily. Absolutely, and right? especially for uh, in the and syphilis apparently. And no, but in the in the in the Roman Catholics <laughs> use it, Matt, for all the the various ceremonies. You'll see them using that for the uh, mm-hmm. what do you call the thing they they put back and forth. Uh, um. What is it? At mass. At masses and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. the the boy. The, the <laughs> come on, I can't <laughs> even flaming, think of this. Your Irish Catholic the flaming boys, urn you thing. Got me oh, urn urn. You mean the, the the thing that they the smoky thing that they yeah the, the smoky thing. thing. That's yeah. the that's the actual Catholic description of it. Bring out the smoky. I thing. believe. Yeah. Listen, I went to French. I went to a Catholic school with Italian nuns. Oh, we man. all called it the smoky thing. <laughs> the smoky thing. The okay. other problem oh. with frankincense and myrrh, I. I'm not sure which one it is, but the trees uh, that they tap to get this resin, they are only grown in certain areas of the Arabian Peninsula. And that, and aren't they also in, in Africa as well, like around yeah. Somalia, Northeast right? Africa, yeah. Yeah, and it's, they're, they're going you know what, extinct. Mom, you're a smart lady. No, I'm not. You know what, Matthew? What I like to do <laughs> no, no, <I'm> <laughs> is read and I retain it. That's all. Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to ask you, when you say Matthew, is that like when my mother, when you're mad at someone or is that just what you call him? I I call him Matthew. He gets called Maddie too. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, Allison. They both, I get Matthew more than Matt from them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but generally, yes, generally it's when I'm in trouble. Like they had to bail me out of the police station a number of times. It was (laughs) definitely Matthew. Matthew. Do you have a middle name? (laughs) John. Matthew so John like, McFarland. Oh my God! Well, you—I mean, you know—it seems like you've got—you've got, you've got all, well all the apostles. You should be knowing all about frankincense and myrrh. That's right. You know yes, what? Listen, Allison, my thing, syphilis yeah. is completely cured, Allison. <laughs> no, Allison. When uh, when I had Matthew and I called my parents, who at the time were living out west, still do. Mm-hmm. I said, and they said, "Well, what did you name him?" And I said, "Matthew John." I wasn't really thinking of the apostles, but my dad said, "Oh, I see. And if you have another child, and it's a boy, you're going to call him Mark Luke." <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we do have a grandson named Luke. No, no. Matthew was his father's pick, and John is Jack's real name. It's true. Oh, okay. Okay. There so, you go. All right. So we're back to spices. We're yes. done with sexually yes, transmitted diseases. Oh. And, all right. So um, go ahead. Go anyway, Allison. Yes. Can you uh, enlighten me a little bit on allspice? Okay. Well, I can ask you a question. Do you know where allspice comes from? Uh, all the Jamaica? spices. And don't look at your computer. She caught you. Jamaica. Don't look it up. I'm not. <laughs> Think of it as like a Jeopardy question. Okay. Okay. Is it? Uh, is it Jamaica? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The amount of time between the question and the answer. What's the- Siri? Siri, where does allspice come? Yes, it's Jamaica. Oh. So it's actually it's funny because allspice they call it in French. As we're back to French, Jacques, piment de Jamaica. <laughs> what, I'm sorry, what? what pee on who? It's called what? Pee, no, Matthew. Matthew John. It's called Sean. piment de Jamaica because they thought it was peppercorns. If you look at them, they're sort of round and they, they're a little bit bigger than traditional peppercorns. Okay. But they thought it was a kind of peppercorn. So they call it Jamaican pepper. 
Now, but wait a second, though. I thought this was like the bag of chips. I thought all spice was <laughs> like just like rest. just toss some cinnamon in there, toss some. No. Well, that's funny you should say that because a lot of people, when you see it ground, it's just a ground brown powder. Assume that it's a mix of spices, but in fact, it's just one spice. It's a dried berry, isn't it? It's a dried berry. And it's got those, it does smell a little bit clovey, a little bit cinnamony. That's why I think people think it's a blend, but it's actually just one thing. Huh. And and it's from the Caribbean. It's from Jamaica. And the, that's why it gets confusing as well, because a lot of, in a lot of different languages, they will have a mixed spice in a different culture that they call all spices. And so people get very, it's one of those ones that is, it's hard. People don't understand why it's just one thing, but huh. it's, um. You do use it a lot at Christmas. You find it in a lot of baked goods and mulled wine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and interesting. It's delicious. Because I thought allspice, honestly, I thought it was just like a human mixture of spices. It was, a, it was like the chips. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so seriously. when I started doing the reading on it, and I had to look a couple of times because I thought, what, this comes from a berry? I thought you just grabbed some cinnamon, some cloves, and some nutmegs and mixed them together. Well, funnily enough, that is actually called mixed spice, which is a traditional British baking spice. It's oh. called mixed spice, which is exactly what you've just described. Oh, and so it's the base for all kinds of baking. And you don't, we have a mixed spice that we used to call mixed spice and nobody here knew what it was. So we changed it to baking spice. But oh. you still get people who will ask um, if they're from England, they'll call up and ask if we have mixed spice because they use it for all their baking Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Allison Johnston from the spicetrader.ca joins us. All right, nutmeg. Nutmeg. I want some nutmeg. Nutmeg. Nutmeg is amazing. What I love about that thing, not, the nutmeg tree, is it is something that you cannot find out whether or not it's male until, until it's, it's 15, about six to eight years along the way. Yeah. Isn't that like with most people now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Snap. Okay. Uh. Wow. Yeah, no, this is a, (laughs) Allison, there's a, I'm not sure. Well, no, you would know about this, ginkgo, correct? Pardon me? Are you familiar with ginkgo? Like ginkgo balboa? Biloba. Ginkgo biloba. Yes. Well, that is not, we don't use, it's more of it, that's not really a culinary. Right, space, right. So I don't really right. know. I can't speak to that. So on the ginkgo tree, uh, yes. it's, it's a wonderful tree. Actually, it's it's one of the most ancient trees out there. The only issue is that the, it comes in male and female. And you don't know if it's female until it's about 15 years in. And the only problem with that is the female drop these horrendously smelling, like, like the fruit smells like rotting flesh. Oh, dear and it, Lord. And yeah. And it drops it off the tree. And mm-hmm. you basically don't know if you have this until about 15 years in. So, so this tree's like ma- not not mature size, but large, and you mm-hmm. have rotting death corpse all over your front lawn. <laughs> yeah, just, and there's no way, and there's absolutely no way to test. No, there isn't. No, you uh, can't like you can't pick up the skirt and look and see what you got going on here. This is yeah. But does, even, can, even I, can I ask a question? Does I don't know. I don't. You, you're the gardeners, but. Is it possible that the plant itself doesn't know? Like, does it develop only at a certain age or is it actually always one or the other? It's always or one or the just, other. But you just don't know. No. And what they do now is to get around that somewhat, to do a lot of grafting so that they can basically know what they got to start uh, with at the beginning. Okay. They just craft out the female. No, we don't want that one. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, it takes about seven, nine, seven to nine years before the thing will even produce enough uh, of the Fruit. actual nutmeg. It's nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're back to nutmeg. Yeah. Back yet. Yeah. Right. In order to be, uh, what would you say, ready to be harvested in some sort yeah. of way. 20 years, well, Matt. And, and, and nutmeg was, Full I time. mean, it's from, the, it's actually, so there are certain spices and actually a lot of the spices that we're talking about, in fact, cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg, that were some of the original spices traded on the, um, the spice route yep. from the Spice Islands. And they traveled all across like the romans used to trade them and uh there's also ginger which is another one cinnamon ginger clove nutmeg what am i missing peppercorns and cardamom like there was some it's really interesting that those have been around forever and they were so coveted in europe nutmeg in particular that you will still find sometimes antique spice boxes where they have a little nutmeg grater in it people used to travel with their spices that's insane. Oh. Wow. Did they yeah. use a lot of those spices, Allison, like in Europe, of course, way back? From the currency the fri- you're talking about? No, when refrigeration, yeah. 
wasn't invented? Did they use them also to preserve the food? Did they act you know as what? preservatives? You know what? I think, but you know, we all, I don't know about you, but I learned about medieval, sort of the Middle Ages, and they always said, oh, the food was rotten and they had to use all kinds of preservatives. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then actually they've started to realize that, that that's actually not true as true as they think you they ate very very well like some of the original there's there's a big um group of medieval cooks in this city i know because they used to come in and buy the strange peppercorns and different things and medieval cooking was really quite extravagant and um the preservatives was mostly salt i think they use a lot of salt to preserve things and obviously use some spices like with sausages and different things like that but i mean they've been using them for hundreds and hundreds of years but isn't for not, the food. So isn't nutmeg basically this, the, what they put in eggnog? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no, they oh, actually, eggnog. They, they actually eggnog. put <laughs> eggs in, in eggnog. Yeah, yeah. Eggnog and nutmeg and then a bit of, what, vanilla or some something, right? <laughs> not, I, I, it's actually you know what, egg, gross. I'm I saw, sorry. I, oh, it's not. Well, you know what it's called in French? You know, they have oh, the boy. French English. Okay. Do you know what it's called? No. no. If you ever read it, because you, it's called lait de poulet. So it's called chicken milk. Mm. Oh. That's eggnog in French. Okay. Let the poulet. Okay. Isn't that oh. bizarre? I'm like I, chicken yeah. milk. <laughs> chicken milk. Okay. Wow. Well, so they're not using as a de, maybe it's lait de poule actually. Sorry, lait de poule, not lait de poule. So they're not using any of that uh, castorium in place of vanilla. <laughs> I guess. I guess exactly. I forgot about that. The, oh, happily. Yes. <laughs> yeah, happily. Okay. So then, while we're on the topic of of the medieval cooks coming in and, and such. Yep. What is the weirdest thing somebody has come in to ask for? Like, is there a spice out there that all the spice people know, like, oh, this one's weird or this, like, is what's the big strange one? The big strange one. Now, that's a big question. That's a toughie. I mean, people come into our store and will ask for things like grains of paradise or amateur powder. Uh, what is, Allison, what is a grain of paradise? What's amateur powder? I've never yeah, heard of what, it. Whoa. So grains of paradise are used in medieval cooking. They're um, a seed from West Africa, and they actually are related to ginger and cardamom. We actually don't have any in stock right now because we can't get them. But the point is that they're these tiny little seeds and they have a bit of heat. So people kind of put them in a pepper section often, and they are quite magical. And there's a chef named Alton Brown who has a show and he uses it in apple pie and he uses it in different dishes so when people would often come in looking for that based off his show um, but it's not a very common one at all and it's quite it's quite magical and there was the it's quite other expensive one? What, uh, what did you say amateur powder yeah what is that amateur powder is dried green mango powder whoa and it's delicious it's used as a sour in um it's used in Indian cooking, different parts of India. But if you taste it, it's sort of got that that sort of sour, sweet fruit fruitiness to it. It's really quite delicious. Holy. Like you could even just you could just stir it into yogurt. Okay, so I know that we're on the Christmas thing, but I have I have yes. one question. Okay, so um, I bought sea salt for the first time. Okay, I don't even understand. What do you mean for the first time? What yeah. have you been using? Uh, just regular iodized salt. Oh dear. No, it's yeah. awful, Matthew. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> you can continue to salt shame me or I can ask the question, okay? Yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> what's, what's the difference? Why does, why does sea salt taste so different? Okay, first of all, I want to ask you, when you, did you, did you like it? Loved it. Yeah, well, I think the answer from Jacques was right on. It's from the sea. <laughs> that's okay. it. That's you know. <laughs> The problem with, I tell you what the problem with iodized salt from what I understand, because I don't carry iodized salt, so I'm not an expert in it. But if you look at the box of like a certain, you know, very, very small grain salty salts, they add things and they've taken out minerals and often there's even fillers and uh, flowing agents in there as well. So it's not a pure product. Okay. Um, sea salt, most of the salts, like all the sea salts, they just uh, are natural, I think is probably the easiest way to explain them. So they come, you can get a fleur de sel, which is like a wet French salt, which is a sea salt. You can get um, a Malden, which is a British um, brand of salt, which is a big, lovely flake salt. 
you can get. We just got this beautiful uh, wet salt, like similar to a fleur de sel from Nova Scotia, and one of them is an applewood smoked salt. And uh, then out in BC, they're doing amazing things. There's quite a few. There's a Newfoundland salt company that I know I've seen in the city, and then the Salt Spring Fleur de Sel. So they've got it mixed with lime and jalapeno. They've got one with chocolate. They've got all these different things. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, Dad, we got about uh, a minute thirty with 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 Allison here. So, Allison, I want to. Yes. I want you to hit cloves for a minute. Could you? Cloves. Cloves are wonderful. Um, what do you want to know about them, Jacques? How Uses do you use them? and so forth. And wh- you what? know what? It's really cloves are really quite interesting in that they they really like if you think of cloves in sort of a European sort of North American cuisine, you put them in ham and things like that. But of course, they're huge in Chinese cooking as well, or um, in in Indian cooking, and they're quite beautiful. Um, before they're dry, they're quite colorful, and then they dry into those lovely little brown. You know, cloves that we put into clove oranges and all that kind of stuff. Actually, yeah. The one thing you have to—that's very Christmassy smell for me. The clove more than a lot of the other spices because you seem to use it more or see it more at this time of year. Cloves Um, can also kill toothache pain too. Yes, clove oil and syphilis. By the way, just letting you know. And there's only one problem: if you ever actually (laughs) physically tried to use it for toothache pain, I have. It works. I have too, but it tastes horrible like that. I didn't mind the taste. It works. I put it you on. Feel, aching, it's aching it's like Buckley's. It yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Buckley's. Yes, it's disgusting, it but it works. Leave and it in you the can even simmer them in uh, hot water and make a clove tea. You see? You got an herbalist right there. It's true. The no, no, table. I don't. I just read and retain. That's all. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's, what, that's what being educated is, is it not? It's the truth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, Is there anything I'm more flattered. To it? I actually, Isn't it read and retain? Isn't yeah, that what we're all talking? I'm flattered. Uh, uh, that yeah. means I'm sort of educated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what are you guys? Well, I want to know what you're doing for the holidays. Um, we're trying to build as many bloody shows as yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to, yeah, trying to bank. Um, uh, so yeah, we just we're going to keep it small. We're going to keep it light. We're going to. Uh, I'm going to see my parents. They've been part of my bubble since basically this whole thing went down. Oh, that's um, great. And then my sister and I, actually, my sister is going to come down, but they haven't been part of our bubble. So we're going to essentially meet in a park and then exchange gifts on tables, like uh, picnic yep. tables type thing. Perfect. So, yeah, which is oh. which is kind of tough. One, one of the reasons that we haven't seen our daughter and her husband as much is that they are both uh, first responders. Uh, oh, wow. Our daughter yep. works in a... Trillium Healthcare Center. Yeah, yeah. Trillium Healthcare Center. She's not a nurse mm. or a doctor. She's a physiotherapist assistant. But back in the spring, she was redeployed to COVID patients. And I bet. she's married to an OPP officer. So the reasons they, they keep their distance from us is because of the sort of jobs they have. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? I mean, we haven't seen Neil's parents for that reason exactly because we still have people that we deal with and you just have to be cautious, you right. know? Right. And you're doing the distance learning as well, Allison. Oh my. No, we're not. We're actually what we call homeschooling, okay. which means I get to set the curriculum for my child. Holy. <laughs> she's doing she's doing boxing and archery and uh, as well as uh, they're doing Rome right now. And oh. we're doing it with another family and we have a tutor and then she does French online, but we basically decide we take it a variety of different grade 6 curriculums and we're trying to right. just kind of form it. So Wow. Yeah. My yeah. two youngest sisters homeschooled. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of work. Allison. It's a lot, That's of, a lot work. of work. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. She knows how to make coffee. So Which is <laughs> which is fantastic. So can she talk spice? Can she talk spice? Yeah. Um <laughs> she would probably say no, but she actually has she has a great palate, but she's eleven right now, so there's um what is the word? We're getting a bit of the preteen. Right. Things are becoming attitude. Temperamental. Temperamental, yes, yeah. but still with apologies still, so we're right. all good. Good, good, good. Allison, if, if people want to find you online, how do they do that? Um, it's thespicetrader.ca. Okay. And we have an advent, we have a spice advent calendar. Okay. And we've sent it out to people. And then if you go, you can also, I'm, we're doing every day there's a reveal of whatever spice is in the numbered pouch, and there's also going to be a recipe. So you may have some of these spices already at home. 
So there's going to be, if you're looking for something, some inspiration, you can always just go online and uh, check out the advent calendar recipes or even just the recipes in our recipe section. Oh, that sounds interesting. Ladies and yeah. gents, you have you have heard her. She's absolutely wonderful. She has a voice from heaven. It's fantastic. <laughs> right? And she's also she's given so our sweet. male audience the, the cure for some, uh, you know. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me. <laughs> Allison, as usual, thank you so much for joining us. You are so welcome. You and, all have a very Merry Christmas. And you too, Allison, to you and yours. Have a very Aww, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Lynn. Merry Christmas, Allison. Merry Christmas, Jacques. Ah, isn't she an angel? She's really good, Matthew. She's absolutely wonderful. I love how she calls you Jacques. Jacques. It's the best. Is that, yeah, it's the best. I uh, wanted to apologize quickly for, to our audience and to Saga 960 for the amount of times that we use the nut analogy. I am I'm sorry. We more just, yeah, more so than our nut and seed show. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah, it just it kind of caught us. I don't know. A moment of weakness, I guess, right? Uh, GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits. That was the visual accompaniment to the show. And as well as, too, as, as I made mention, if you're looking for a an, an interesting Christmas present, a console or a landscape design is exactly that. Click on Contact. That sends you directly to me. Guys, this has been a banner couple weeks here. Chris Tiring. and Claire. Tiring time. Yeah, Chris and Claire. And now, and now, and now Allison Johnson. Hopefully... Coming up, we have Chris Culinary from Culinary Wine. We'll, we'll chat about grapes and about wine and such for New Year's. But coming up in the next couple of weeks, maybe even next week, I believe, is we're going to be chatting about horticultural Christmas gifts. Yes, Dad? Yes, I think that's the last show before Christmas, isn't it? I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Guys, uh, I should be seeing you for Christmas or maybe we're going to be doing, doing this socially distancing, I guess. Is that what's happening? No. Are we really for I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll work to, it out. We'll, we'll, yeah, work we'll, it yeah, out. Yeah, well, okay. Last week, guys, I was bored, so I decided to swap around the labels on my wife's spice rack. So far, she hasn't noticed. But mark my words, though, the time is cumin. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? I like it. Mom? Till next time, have a good one, and Merry Christmas. Jack, out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.